Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the MTG Conflux cast. My name is John and I'm joined by my co-host Chris. Hey. And Steven. Hey there. This week we're going to be talking about some huge new alternative format announcements as well as a pair of premier modern event breakdowns. But before we get into that, let's get into our bi-weekly roundup where we talk about what we've been up to for these last two weeks. Chris, let's start with you as always. Well, I was planning to put together some terrible loan pile and have <laughs> some fun with that, but my cards didn't arrive. So instead, I just played the deck I had laying around, which was Amulet, and I did, uh, you, know, you know, kind of okay. You know, like, uh, I think more like 301 and then 31. Ha! <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Is this okay? Yeah, I think... I, I drew in the last round because opponent said you need to get up early the next day and just wanted to go home. I didn't want to be that guy at F&M. <laughs> They're like, no, you must play for these six doll hairs. <laughs> doll hairs. So, drew. And then that same opponent actually was my only loss the following week on a pretty feel-bad match, if I'm being honest. He was on Jund. He's on Amulet. I do the big ruse. We both mulled to five. He had a Liliana the Veil. I had draw cards that were uh, less impactful it was sad it was pretty close though actually and then game two i got bamboozled real hard because he's surgical to t west and the thing was i bounced the t west i had in play the transmute so he wouldn't know about the one i had already in my hand which bit oh. me in the ass really bad when Yikes. i surgicaled it so Yikes. yeah sad sad times there other than that crushed everything else must be nice. Yeah. That's uh, that's about it. All right. What about you, Steven? What have you been up to? Uh, well, I haven't gotten to play Paper Magic in a little bit, but um, I have been playing online thanks to Card Hoarder's loan program. Um, yeah, how you liking that? I've been, I've been actually looking at that the last... Hashtag not sponsored, but uh, I've yeah. actually been looking at it too because... I want to play a lot of decks online, and uh, I don't want to spend a lot of ticks. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, it's really cool that I've been able to play two different decks for two different weeks, right? Like, I, and they don't really have that many cards that that in, that are the same. So it's been, um, it's been cool on that, on that aspect. But as far as, like, the longevity of it, if you're planning on playing Magic Online for, and, like, actually competing in the tournaments and practicing online it's probably better for you just to buy your own cards because eventually you'll end up spending the same amount of money i mean if you're on the same deck right right uh yeah but yeah. if you're like if you're just shopping around if you're just using moto for for like to have fun or to just like get a, a few, test right yeah like a few quick test games before you take it to fnm or something like that i think it's pretty cool i think like uh like right now, I have like the three hundred, the three hundred dollar limit set on on my account, and it's uh, and it does three percent of what it charges you three percent weekly of whatever your loan amount is. So three percent of thirty is uh, huh. maybe three percent of three hundred nine 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 dollars and some change or something like that. Uh, yeah, so three percent of three hundred is like nine nine something. It's uh, <laughs> it's been cool. It's 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 supposedly pretty easy to use, right? Like yeah, yeah. yeah you uh, you shop. You basically just go to card orders and you shop like you're just shopping to buy the cards. And then the payout and like when you go to pay, it's there's like a like an option to select your loan, and then it'll 
say, all right, we'll take that out of your loan. And then you, you go to the, the bot contacts you when you want to trade it back, you just hit a button on their website and then the, the, the bot contacts you again and says, all right, I'm ready to trade. And you just open up your trade binder, your full trade binder, and it just takes all the ones that you, that it lent to you. Interesting. Yeah. You have to sign, like you go through like a pretty small background check and, uh, you sign a, a contract basically saying that you're responsible for any of the cards that uh, i promise i won't do the big steal yeah well yeah so like so they <laughs> so they have a little bit of they basically say like we will call the police we will get our cards back one way or another the cyber police well i mean because <laughs> yeah watsy doesn't give a fucking shit yeah so it's like like they they just have their own safeguards in place to protect their cards um but you're like even if you were to sell the cards right on accident or whatever you just can buy them back and they just they just look for the specific version of the one that you borrowed yeah yeah cool so anyways, anyways. you've been playing some weird shit as a result of this yeah so i uh i started off with uh with scapeshift with the, that's not weird that's just bad no yeah, the, 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 huh. the four color scapeshift that list that i had been working on uh-huh. I, got, I got to actually play with it with uh teferis and stuff it was actually not awful but at the same time pretty shitty <laughs> like like i i could get to the point where i was like one turn away from convoying off and then i would die Oh man, is, a, a turn slow for the format. An yeah. excellent, an excellent place to be. Yeah, so it was like, like it was <laughs> doing what it wanted to do. And if and if I was like against control matchups, against like the Jund matchup where they don't see anything, any threats early, and against like any deck that went past turn four or five, like I was good. I was gonna win that game. But Scapeshift any- beats Jund more at eleven. <laughs> <laughs> if the games go long if the games go long yeah uh and uh so that was a lot of fun i had a, I had a bunch of fun with that and then i decided to build uh teamer kiki uh which was much to the support of your colleagues right? yeah yeah <laughs> there was some positive input and, and uh and some encouragement given, of course. The deck just doesn't have legs. A surprise, to be sure. Yeah. All right, listen. Who could, who listen, could have foreseen this? Listen. Let me play what I want to play, all right? Yeah. Sure. It was fun. I mean, it was fun I, while it lasted. I mean, it cost you whatever a week of your loan payment was so yeah, nine bucks you you could have you could have wasted a lot more money on it i mean i guess you True. did pay league fees so you did waste more money but actually uh, i actually didn't i didn't uh queue up a league because i hadn't won a single <laughs> game with it in practice <laughs> wow shocking <laughs> to huh. to my to be fair the only real deck i played against with mill all the other decks were just like random brew decks how is that to be kind fair? Of, kind of like mine. <laughs> but you yeah. couldn't beat those decks either. True. Yeah, like the, your pile could not even climb over the other piles. Exactly. Feels, so, feels so it was it a defeat. The, it is the lowest pile. It is an L. So I'm gonna so I'm gonna swap it out for affinity this this upcoming week and uh, maybe earn some money. Maybe actually get some. Go into the positive with so uh, is affinity is affinity favorite against Tagak? Uh, you know, I was thinking about that. I'm not entirely sure. I heard um, 
uh, Eli was telling me, Eli from from Discord was telling me that. Oh uh, man, the subscriber Discord. Right? Yeah. Subscribe at patreon.com slash MTG Conflicts. Uh, Eli was telling me how people, uh, he saw some people running uh, Chalice of the Void in the deck. Uh-huh. So if you just set Chalice on one, it turns off, you know, a total of four cards in your deck, but turns off most of the Hagak deck. And turns off, yes, uh, Vault Scourge and Spring Leaf Drum. Vault Scourge is a two drop, my friend. What did I say? Vault Scourge? I meant I meant uh, Signal Pass. Signal Pass. Signal Pass. Signal Pass and Spring Leaf Drum. Gotcha. Um, what did I say? Four cards. You said four cards. Eight cards. What's the difference? What's the difference? Turns off eight cards in your deck. Uh, (laughs) But it turns off. I don't. I don't. I don't. I personally don't play that card. I play Thoughtcast because it's superior, but some might disagree. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Uh, you turn off all their one drops, so they can't really play anything unless they uh, they can somehow manage to play two uh, two of the graveyard dudes that come back with lands. You know, as it turns out, if you play a neonate and it gets countered by a chalice, and you play a carried feeder and it gets countered by a chalice, the stupid vengevines still come back. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh. So you just have to get over that, <laughs> and then you can tap those to play your hagak. <laughs> your hagak. Yeah, and then and then you're really like, you're, if that ha- excuse me, if that happens, you're like really you're screwed in danger yeah. <laughs> danger you're gonna do the big die and you yeah. can't you can't even cast your dispatch because you have a chalice on what in play yep <laughs> what yeah. uh at that point you just have to hope to to have like master theorems on board that are bigger than at than least hugax don't fly <laughs> that's true i guess like oh an edge God. champion like does does its job oh does it have trample oh, it tramples could, i got dang. tramples could you imagine if wonder had gotten reprinted into the format in uh in modern horizons wonder and like oh, they man. they milled sh- they milled over Island. wonder <laughs> milled over wonder and just had fucking flying gax <laughs> Oh my god. Get out of here. Great. I'm like telling myself to get out of here. <laughs> Holy shit. Um but yeah, I think Affinity is like in a fine spot right now. There's like less eyes on uh on mass. Yeah, no one's Arti- playing fucking artifact hate when like they got eight slots taken up of grave hate, right? Right. Yeah, and it's like and it's there there is still some because you wanna they you're trying to like crush the other half of that combo. Um, but it's not as prevalent as it was, you know, right before the the set released. Mm. Gotcha. So we'll see. Uh, hopefully, I, hopefully, I can go positive uh, with this. It'll be it'll be interesting to to see if I still got the the affinity the, the affinity skills. <laughs> still know how to count. Yeah, I, I, I might have I might have legitimately forgotten how to count. I mean, you have been playing Scape Shift, so it is exactly an, an issue. Counting is hard. <laughs> now I only count by threes. I don't. <laughs> I struggle with counting constantly. Oh my god! We should have like a children's book about counting for magic players and effect players <laughs> that only count to ten. <laughs> Tron players only count to seven. You got no, the count, players. They, ca- no, they count go, in threes. They go one, two, seven. That's how they count. 
Cubans players don't count at all. They just turn all their cards sideways. <laughs> yeah, math is for blockers. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, what about you, John? What have you been playing? So, similar to Chris, I had a bit of a time crunch this week. I didn't actually go to FNM. I played in Tuesday Modern in a nearby uh, town. Um, and I took the uh, the old Black Red Arcanist deck that I played at FNM the week previous. And uh, I think I finished 2-2 two and two in both events. <laughs> uh, the deck just... Uh... Actually, no. It was 2-2 two and two in FNM and 1-3. and three Ah, in the, even better. In the Tuesday event. That's right. <laughs> um it just i got dunked on by like random trash the deck has a, like a crazy like grind engine but like it just kind of like i don't know it feels a little threat like it spins its wheels a lot like it like is really good at getting both players into a situation where there's like nothing going on in either player's hand but then unlike a jun deck like your top decks are not super impactful like you're not playing like a tarmogoyf off the top you know and just like bashing their face and you're like oh, uh, oh top deck this young pyromancer Ooh. yeah or like it's like season pyromancer was like one of the best top decks because it just like puts a 2-2 in play and draws you two so it's yeah. you know whatever and then like you can like you know buy it's a it drifter that doesn't kill itself yeah but also so, doesn't fly yeah i don't know it feels like there's like yeah. a nugget of something there like arcanist did feel really powerful i was actually consistently like let down by dark confidant it seemed like it's just like been really unimpressed with the card uh both times i played the deck which was really surprising honestly i figured like oh bob's so good you know draw a bunch of cards and i don't know just like i always wanted to see arcanist never wanted to see bob um, so like when i was watching you play it just seemed like the deck closed games so slowly fucking glacial that this dark confident was like a liability about as often if not more than it was like an attribute yeah, I almost wonder if like cutting bobs and then playing some sort of like delve threat would be good. I mean, like, certainly you wouldn't keep the bobs in. No, no, you would not. So I wonder, I wonder if you just play some delve threats instead, like push through some damage. Seems decent. I don't know. You stock your yard up well enough that like you're not really worried about cannibalizing your your synergies with uh, Arcanist. I don't feel like. So I don't know. Uh, we'll revisit that deck at some point, but for now, I think that's on the shelf. So. That was my uh, last two weeks in Magic. I'm excited to get back into playing some more Legacy online and some Popper. I'm hoping to, to find the time to, to grind some some leagues online. I'm also looking at doing the card order thing that Steven's doing, but I think I'm going to go for a really low amount, like 50 ticks or something, just to kind of supplement uh, cards I already have. Um, and I think the the loan the like the weekly loan amount is really low at that point. So it's like... Yeah, I mean, it's like, what what's three percent of... 50 like don't make me do math on here steven <laughs> <laughs> we've already established that i it's, can't count it's very very low yeah anyways um so that's uh, i think our weekly roundup unless you guys have anything else you want to one mention. last quip um john and i also went to a winner box oh yes i forgot about that and i put amulet there too surprise <laughs> and the only real story i have of any interest was i played against a deck that uh, we talked about in the big deck dump, and I was really, I thought it was really spicy. It was the Raise Board deck. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I did get stomped by the Raise Board deck. However, uh, part of the problem was I was, they played through the breaches too, right? So I'm sitting there with this negate, like, oh, I'm ready for his turn three through the breach, and he just hard casts a Raise Board instead, and I'm 
very sad. But um, I did win one game, though. And <laughs> the game I did win, my opponent annihilated me for six. And hardcast two Rizzlebrands. <laughs> you won. <Yummy. laughs> I won. Uh, feels good, man. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I thought it was a pretty sick play. Well, I played a Titan, and the way to, I had to not die to the Zemrakul, because I packed it for it, the only way I could have eight permanents to keep two bounce lands and not die was to get Toriwet the Growth Chamber with the Titan, and then transmute it for a Tormod's Crypt <laughs> to play as my eighth permanent. Because sure enough, he annihilated me. I went down to two lands, paid for my pact, and found a way from there. Life uh, finds a way. Life finds a way. I almost died to a monkey in the meantime. <laughs> but, uh, Sick 2-2 two, two Drawing Kabira Crossroads. Very good. Did yeah. you know that some lands are actually time walk? <laughs> <laughs> Against uh, bear, uh, an actual bear, yes. <laughs> Grey ogre. <laughs> Side um, note, when I was playing uh, Scapeshift, same thing happened to me. Where it was like, game one, he goes like, turn turn two emerkel crash in and i didn't draw lance for the rest of that game and he just played a spirit guide and hit me three times and i was like oh i guess that works too and then the next game he did it again and i was like okay that's fine let's keep playing and he couldn't find any other threat whatsoever and <laughs> crushed him ah <sighs> Yeah, I forgot that we went to that uh, that win a box, Chris. I played uh, a real deck at that event. I played uh, Jerry I mean, Thompson's... it was pretty forgettable. Yeah, I played Jerry Thompson's Blue Red Phoenix list. Um, I got fucking dunked on by the Hagak deck. <laughs> Just crushed. As everyone is. I lost game three when he played a turn one Silent Gravestone. And I died that game with two ravenous traps in hand that i never had an opportunity to cast <laughs> uh the turn he like went off he like flashed back a faithless loading and put two cards into his yard they were a vengevine and a hagak and i never had an opportunity to trap him because only two cards went into his yard <laughs> fucking deuces yeah so uh pretty pretty bitter about the hagak deck uh yeah <laughs> yeah, actually, the highlight of that tournament was uh, the the final round, where uh, I was only won one win at this point, and I get up, I get paired up <laughs> against no! good old Johnny Boy here. Oh man! And man, I it was it was pretty BM if if I'm being honest. <laughs> I think uh -huh. I mulliganed to. I mulligan once game one or twice game one. I, you no, mulled a lot. I think I, I mulled once game one. And I kept my, my six and I told John, if you lose to this hand, you should sell your deck. <laughs> I was on the play. I played turn one Vesuva pass. <laughs> you like turn three'd me, didn't you? Or turn four'd me after that? Yeah, like, I turned four'd you. Like, fuck you. <laughs> I would turn one Vesuva pass, turn two bounce land, pick up my Vesuva, uh, turn three like amulet stirrings or something. Sec I don't know. And then like turn four, second amulet is Usagilu. Yeah. You're like, my turn three rolls around and you're like, 
Aria Flame, and I'm sitting here looking at a hand with literally zero action in Aria Flame. I just like flip the card around for him to see it. Like, yep, not casting that one. <laughs> you didn't have no action. You put two Phoenixes into play that turn. Uh, I mean, that's pretty no action against uh, Amulet, I feel you, like. You, you hit me for six. Woo. You lava darted something. Yeah, I don't know. And then you did the big die. And then the next game, like... I rolled a five. I rolled a five game two, and I told you the same thing. If you lose to this hand, you should really sell your deck. Because <laughs> my hand was, like, I think it was, like, Amulet, Amulet, Bajuka Bog something like stirrings yeah. or something it was bad yeah it my bad my hand was pretty rancid too i think i got just blown out by bajuka bog right no i played it on turn one what was it i forget what you have you just like didn't do anything you just like played a turn three aria of flame and i was like okay. oh you 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 blew it up with an elf yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Just like okay, okay, yeah. I don't know, man. My deck was like pretty decent overall at the tournament, but that last run against you, it just like shit the bed. Like I just, I cantripped. I kept like okayish hands and just cantripped into just stone nothing, like just lands. <laughs> I mean, between that FNM and that event, I mulliganed an unreal number of times though. Yeah, the yeah, difference was at FNM, I like found a way out, and at that tournament, I did not. Yeah. Although I did manage to beat Storm. <laughs> Always beat Storm. Yeah, that was an insane insane game, that last game against Storm, where you survived at, like, one life. Yeah, I would have been at one, but I, like, negated one copy of Grape Shot because it wasn't negating anything else. <laughs> yeah. You had converted, like, double negate into, like, countering Storm copies. Yeah, minus two goblins, minus one life. Ooh. Yeah. And, like, that was enough. <laughs> Uh, just killed him with the the uh, hive mind plus packed play, and he was like, "Wow." <laughs> yeah, and like the the card on top of his deck was lethal. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so were his like twelve goblins or whatever. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, man, you are very dead. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so that wraps up our um our shenanigans for the last few weeks and we're going to move into our first main topic this is a big one wizards of the coast has announced that there is going to be a new format on uh mtg arena it's going to be called historic and it's basically gonna be like modern for arena uh yeah it's so it's a non-rotating format non-rotating uh, yeah thing. It's going to be from Ixalan forward, and it's coming out in fall of this year, I think, right as Codename Archery releases, so the set after Core 2020. Um, so it's going to be uh, Ixalan up to that that set, whereas standard at that point, uh, a lot is rotating out, actually. I think it's just going to be um, Core 2020, Archery, and um, what's... Uh... War of the Spark. War of the Spark? Yeah, that block. Yeah, it's not going to be very much. It's going to be a very small standard at that point. Um, so the historic format is going to be pretty constrained from the get-go, but it's going to have plenty of time to grow into a real format. Uh, it's interesting to note that uh, Kaladesh and Amonkhet were coded for Arena. They were in the, the early beta and, I guess, alpha um, 
when that was available to players i remember playing with these cards when they were uh on the client but when they did their their big release uh when they went into open beta i guess they took them out when they wiped everyone's accounts and it was just from Exelon forward so um even though they had access to those uh cards they decided not to include them in the format although interestingly enough it sounds like they leave they're leaving the door open to potentially add them at some point the 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 way they did, kind of talked about it in the uh the reveal makes it sound like they're not 100 percent against doing it it's something that's on the table although i gotta imagine that they're really not very interested in in dumping the brokenness that is kaladesh on the the format right away yeah i i, I don't think they want kaladesh to be there especially from the onset yeah, considering I mean, I like how dominant just, energy strategies were when standard. I just I feel like if they just like ban like they just keep up with the standard ban list, it should be fine. But maybe it's just uh, it's just a lot more for them to test for, right? Yeah. When yeah. like a set full, just chuck full of broken goodies. So probably better just to not spend like the, the social capital on banning a bunch of stuff and just you know sidestep the issue altogether. Uh, Amon Ket, I guess. It's probably just a case of... I mean, Amonkhet had some busted stuff like Scarab God. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, also, it's a little weird to include Amonkhet and not Kaladesh when they'd have to like make cards available that aren't currently available on the client. And to only do it for Amonkhet is a little strange. It's also like even more humiliating for them to admit yet again that Kaladesh was just a completely busted set. Whereas this way, they can kind of be like, well, they're not available right now. So, you know we're just not doing that because of that <laughs> yeah. whereas doing one and not the other is pretty damning of kaladesh even though everyone already kind of knows that set that uh that that block was just yeah this insane. has nothing to do with uh, vehicles and energy <laughs> <laughs> yeah like uh the monkey like side-eyeing me yeah so uh the big thing to look at um Ooh. for was that steven no i just i was thinking so does this I mean, does this bring off? I know they're trying to to make their own kind of like online specific format, but do you think this format branches out into paper? Mm, I don't know about that. I mean, I'm sure some people will play it in paper, but I I don't think that they want to cannibalize modern when they've been making a lot of money off of stuff like Modern Horizons, right? Um, I think this is mostly a move to keep people playing on Arena happy, and it does give them a uh an exit strategy for modern if modern ever becomes particularly problematic for any reason um if modern is just completely broken and busted and people are you know hemorrhaging from the format they can always uh point to historic as an alternative i guess down the line yeah um it's kind of diversifying but uh i would imagine they're probably just going to keep it focused on arena for now kind of like wild and hearthstone uh even though it's a digital only game uh her wild's not hugely played in hearthstone it's just kind of there for people that want to you know play with old cards mm -hmm. um i kind of think that it'll be like that at least at the get-go for arena it's just kind of like to keep people from getting too angry about their cards not being playable anymore yeah um yeah um but something really interesting when looking at the new format uh is to look at what's possible in the format with the mana and the mana in historic is going to be very good um, so they're getting shocks um, from the uh, uh, Ravnica Allegiances block. They're getting uh, check lands from, I believe it was what, Dominaria. Um, the full set of 10 check lands. Uh, they're getting enemy scry lands. And uh, I believe it's core 2020 those have been spoiled for. 
Um, they've got guild gates, obviously, and uh, the gain lands, the ones that are tapped but uh, give you a life. So um, the mana is quite good. Um, so a lot of uh, different strategies are going to be viable. And since we've got the full uh, 10, I'm sorry, it's only the enemy scry lands at first. So uh, the, the, the mana is going to be better for the enemy colors because uh, you've got shocks, checks, and scry lands. But um, I think you can do most of what you need to with shocks and checks, right? Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't think the Skylands will be all that popular. Yeah, so uh, shocks and checks get you a really long ways. If uh, original Innistrad and Ravnica and the more recent Ravnica Dominaria formats have been any uh, indication, you can play kind of whatever three-color madness you want to with the, those 20 lands. Yeah, so I wonder if it turns into like how Frontier was, where everyone's just playing these three, four-color monstrosities. Like these value piles, yeah. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Um no fetch lands in the format which is nice um kind of minimize the amount of shuffling uh if they ever branch out to paper yeah if they ever branch out to paper (laughs) though um it's definitely got more legs than frontier just for that alone people hate shuffling wizards hate shuffling sounds fine uh the format seems pretty boring right now though right it's gonna be standard with uh basically one new set added in at that point it's gonna be it's like standard plus it's gonna be rotating out standard with archery thrown in which is probably not very interesting probably take another like probably what a full full block of archery and maybe the set or two after that to kind of like really stand on its own i would feel like hard to speculate but yeah i don't know yeah, the format just doesn't seem like it has very much going for it right off the bat. Aside from you know, it's gonna kind of place eight people. The other thing are... is like, if not that, if depends on the how popular the format is. Because if it's not that popular, then no one's gonna bother innovating. Yeah, either. exactly. So, yep. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. I think in the long term, though, it'll be interesting. You know, you, you pump some sets into it, and it's just gonna be interesting, just because magic formats are interesting. Uh, you put enough cards in a pile and tell people to make decks, and you're gonna get uh. Some interesting stuff coming out of it so uh keep an eye on that speaking of yeah speaking of a bunch of cards uh going into a format um we have a huge announcement regarding popper uh there have been a pretty vocal group of people like um the professor from tolerant community college among others who've been really advocating for popper in the last few years and Wizards of the Coast has finally taken action, and they are going to be unifying the Popper ban list across Modo and Paper. It is going to be um, cards that are legal in Paper uh, common printings, I believe, um, and they are going to be bringing the cards not currently on the Modo client into Modo in treasure chests, I believe. So it's going to add about. 412 cards to the format although three of them are never actually going to make it in because they are preemptively banned um and uh there's some what cards are those yeah some pretty powerful cards um i think uh i think everyone here is uh familiar with these if they've ever played legacy (laughs) um high tide is the first one um high tide is uh pretty busted it makes all your islands make uh, an additional mana until the end of turn and they stack so uh, I can see why they'd want to uh, kind of cut the legs out from under any uh, blue mana making combo decks right at the get go. 
especially since uh, Merchant Scroll is a, a card commonly paired together with High Tide and also being uh, unleashed on the format in this uh, this change. Um, the other two are both black cards that cost, uh, t- what is it, black black for Sinkhole as well as uh, Pim Toric, right? Correct. Yeah, these cards are disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris, Chris has a lot of experience getting hemmed in sinkhole. Do you want to tell us uh, <laughs> a little bit more about him? Yeah, like you want to sit down, and you want to play your your sweet new, new popper brew, and you're just like hemmed to Torxy out of the game. Like, oh boy, <laughs> what a what a great experience. I mean, sinkhole is pretty uh, pretty backbreaking too, though. Yeah, especially in a format dominated by tap lands. Like, I'll play turn one tap land sinkhole. <laughs> yeah. Yay, um, fun magic. Yeah. So with these changes, uh, it is now a uh, Wizards Event Reporter sanctionable event. Uh, you can have Comp REL Popper events now. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, maybe we'll have a Popper GP at some point. I know a lot of people would be excited about that. That would do a lot for the uh, the format as far as uh, solidifying the meta and kind of uh, Legitimizing forcing... it? Not just legitimizing it, but also just like... Um, having a lot of competitive pro players take a hard look at the format and figure out what's what's good i think there's been a lot of movement towards kind of solidifying the top decks in the format but there's been a lot of big shakeups with this you know the 400 plus cards dumped on the format um and um recent bannings as well um but uh some of the power cards that are getting uh dumped in the format that were not previously legal uh top of the list i think for a lot of people was goblin grenade this is a heck of a card. Yeah, it's uh, five damage is a lot of damage. Yeah, one mana. one mana. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is uh, this is a heck of a card. Goblin says uh, no lack of uh, cheap one one bodies to throw into a goblin grenade. So uh, be on the lookout for that one. That's kind of scary. <laughs> Circle protection red. Uh, get in my deck. That's common, right? Or is that uncommon? <laughs> Might be an uncommon. Correct. <laughs> uh... I don't know if all the printings are uncommon, but the like I remember the M, not M, but like the eighth edition ones, those are uncommon. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have a look real quick. Uh, circle of protection, man. That's a lot of uncommon I'm seeing here. Uh, wow. Yeah, I think it might have. Uh, it's legal and popper. It was printed a common at one point. So hey, there you go. Just throw some circle protection reds in your deck. You'll be fine. <laughs> Or I think I think warmth is playable, maybe? I don't know. Anyways, uh Goblin Grenade is insane. Uh another really standout card is a Mystic Remora. And uh this card doesn't see much play outside of EDH. I did see LSV jam this in like a vintage deck uh a long time ago, which was pretty sweet. It's uh it's a weird one though. It's a it's a one blue mana enchantment with cumulative upkeep of one colorless. It says whenever target opponent successfully casts a non-creature spell, you may draw a card. That player may pay four to counter this effect. <laughs> so basically, pretty good. Yeah, so basically every time your opponent uh, casts it, it isn't a creature, you get a free card as long as you can keep uh, paying that cumulative upkeep. Um, cumulative upkeep uh, gets bigger, right? That's yeah. Just, yeah, okay. One you and put then... an age counter on it, I believe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you pay the cumulative upkeep cost equal to the number of age counters. There we go. Yeah. So if you can one. find a way to bounce it. Yeah. Like... or flicker it even yeah flicker it. um huh. this card uh so foil kind of got its legs cut out from under it with uh with gush being uh removed from the format but uh 
Uh, I wonder if uh, if Mystic Remora will help kind of uh, turbocharge up people's hands again so they can afford to play stuff like Foil. Worth thinking about, at least. Um, <laughs> another really busted card is uh, Ashnod's Altar, another EDH All-Star. Uh, this card's dumb. This card's it's really like, dumb. It's like one mana sack to make two mana, right? I know, it's three yeah, mana it's just... sack a creature to make two. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, just sack a dude, make two mana. Nothing fair comes out of this card being in the format. That's yeah, for sure. Uh, hopefully this doesn't end up broken in half. This is, like, really scary. That's a that's a hell of an engine card for sure. Uh, I'm not sure how you how you break it. I'm sure there's some sort of contraption. There's probably some assemble. way to make it, make Tron more efficient. I doubt it's Tron because you have to sack a, a body. But well, that's what I'm saying. Like maybe you just become like a different version, right? Where you're like less reliant on on the lands and more reliant on on Ashnod. But then you, you have, to have, have the lands. You have the lands as backup. Yeah, you can play colorless dudes. Yeah, I mean, you... maybe there's like some creature that you pay mana to make a, a body. Yeah, and then this like helps you make. I don't know. I don't know if you want to be Tron at that point though. You probably just want like consistency <laughs> tools to find your pieces. But uh, like yeah. make a body, sacrifice it, make two mana that gives you enough mana to make two bodies. You just want to like Cavarix torch someone at that point though. You don't really want to be like dirtling around of Tron crap, right? You just want like want to make a a loop, make a ton of mana, and then just fireball someone in the face. Uncounterable, huh? Oh. Torch. Yeah. Uh speaking of combo decks, the next card that kind of stands out is Merchant Scroll. Although this one's limited to blue cards at least. It's one of the blue sorcery. Search your library for a blue instant card, and it puts it in your hand, and then you shuffle your deck. Uh so it's a, a very narrow detutor. <laughs> very. Very narrow. It does get inside out. <laughs> that's interesting as if that deck's playable without gush yeah that, that deck is super dead without gush is it yeah yes. is it though if maybe remand maybe you play it with maybe. mystic remora you ah! play mystic remora and just turbocharge your hand that way <laughs> Bad. yeah i don't know um moving on um uh this is a pair of cards they're both uh three and a white um they are false defeat and breath of life um they are i believe both sorceries uh they say return target creature from your graveyard to play yeah reanimate uh pretty good um not as uh you're playing stuff like uh what exhume right now um this is a little less efficient but um it's just another 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 tool a little bit more redundancy yeah so that's a cool one uh, and then paired together with that is uh, Tormod's Crypt, which is something I think the format has probably wanted for a while. Um, man, some of the Grave Hate in, uh, in Bopper was kind of kind of crappy. Wait, so, Tormod's uh, Crypt wasn't Popper legal? I don't think so. I think it just uh, just got added to the format. I think it was huh. uh, was one of those cards that was not uh, in the format. Unless I'm crazy, but I'm pretty I think sure. it was, but I don't know. Let's see here. Um... The people were playing like Relic of Progenitus. Or Bajuka Bog. there you go. Yeah, it just seems interesting because yeah. I feel like I've I've looked at this card like a hundred times and it's always been a common, but maybe that's just because I have the common version. Well, it was a common, but it wasn't on Moto at common, I think, oh, is, the, is the problem. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Um, there's a lot of random cards like that. Like all these cards were gotcha. actually fell into that camp. 
Um, so I think I think that someone can fact check me on that one. Um, but I'm pretty sure that was just another format, which is nice. And then another like last big standout is uh, Ashes to Ashes, which if you've ever played Popper Cube is uh, something you're probably familiar with, right, Chris? <laughs> you've uh, you've Ashes to Ashes uh, me, I think. Have I? I'm pretty sure you did. Yeah, last time I think it was like last time when you were playing that like what white black deck. Anyways, uh, it's a one black black sorcery. It says remove two target non-artifact creatures from the game. Ashes to Ashes deals five damage to you. Uh, so this cleans up pretty much everything that sees play in the format, uh, except for maybe like some spire golems, I guess. Uh, it's a two for one, but you pay three mana and uh, you take five damage in the face. So a uh, little bit of a steep cost, but um, one of the kind of older black removal um, uh, makes you makes you pay some life uh, snuff out uh, also kind of similar effect but not quite as efficient um although it is free uh also of note is uh no longer will people have to uh remember whether it is a uh, pyroblast or red elemental blast that is uh, legal and popper it was uh pyroblast by the way uh now red and blue elemental blasts are legal they are also significantly cheaper popper uh, blast yeah then uh then the blast to pick up um wasn't this card weren't weren't these cards like highly highly like confused with like this is oh yeah like the card that was always like this was like legal or is this not legal this was the like the paper popper pain point number one i feel like okay Uh, goblin grenade was a big one too um but yeah people would very frequently show up with red and blue blasts instead of pyro and um hydro blasts and just be told that no that card is not legal yeah it's, it's really weird because like it does almost the exact same thing as a card that is legal in the format mm-hmm. but this one just isn't yeah <laughs> so now they're all four are legal um i doubt anyone's going to be loading up on more than four of a specific blast effect so i don't think it's really a big deal um painter is not legal in the format so <laughs> that'd be like saying that um oh searing spear legal lightning strike no not legal <laughs> yeah uh i'm sure there are some cards like that where there's like an uncommon printing just like super powered down but uh but yeah um uh, and of note um cool stuff inc i saw today is going to be hosting a popper premier league um twitch show i guess is how you describe it mm-hmm. starting july 11th uh, it's going to be every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern time. It looks like they've got a lot of big names I've seen from the Popper community, people that write articles. I know a lot of these people write stuff about like Popper Cube and Popper in general, uh, Edwin Irwin, and, jeez, oh, I forgot a couple of other names, but uh, people that I've kind of seen writing in the in the Popper sphere for a while now. So uh, that'll be really cool to see um, some uh some competitive popper action stream so if you are interested in seeing more popper especially if all these new crazy cards uh tune into the popper premier league starting july 11th and uh, i think that kind of wraps us up on popper there's a lot to dig into there but kind of beyond the scope of what we can talk about right now so we're going to move into the team scg modern open that happened this past weekend it was not team unified so you could bring three copies of the same 75 if you so desired did, did anybody Which do that some did. i think some people definitely did do Yo, that yeah. seventh place three is it phoenix decks 
Yep. Yeah, there was a lot of triple Hagak uh, offerings as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, this format was uh, kind of a shit show. Uh, I was out Seems camping like all weekend, but uh, every time I saw screenshots and coverage stuff on the head service, there was um, almost invariably a lot of people playing Hagak or Phoenix. <laughs> Multiple copies on, on both sides of the table um the top eight i guess um teams have a lot of bridgevine a lot of is it phoenix more is it phoenix than bridgevine i'll say yeah um i think a lot of people were hoping to play a proactive deck that had a decent agak matchup and maybe dodge some of that that hate that everyone everyone came seriously prepared to play against dredgevine um i mean just massive amount of sideboard slots in almost every deck and it still managed to put um like how many copies in the top eight i mean jeez many 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 copies (laughs) um so let's just kind of take a moment here i guess and and point out some of the interesting decks that uh managed to sneak their way into the top eight and i think the one that really stands out is the first place mardu death shadow deck not even close but go ahead what so not even the most interesting deck but go ahead oh no no but this is all the top of the heap as far as interesting goes um so they are playing my favorite card lately uh Jotard arcanist in place of snapcaster mage uh they have no delve threats uh and they're just using uh ranger captain of eos as kind of an engine to uh grab a bunch of death shadows kind of like how that esper list that we've seen recently was doing but they turned it in the blue for um the Jotard arcanist engine and some faithful slittings as well as uh couple sideboard red cards so this one's pretty cool um it's interesting to see all these white shadow decks now with ranger captain uh they don't need to play green anymore and try to get a traverse engine going they can just play ranger captain get a body that silences as well as just fetches up a shadow um seems nice to have to not really kind of warp your deck around trying to play uh traverse the oldenwald what are you guys thoughts hmm eh <laughs> man no no shadow aficionados on this cast all right what, what, what decks do you guys think stand out then uh i want to start out by giving the awesome shout out to the grixis urza deck oh man you're gonna don't reward dude, them don't dude. this deck this deck has been people have been talking about this deck no one was talking about mardu shadow this, everyone was talking about grixis urza this is such a cool deck especially so so i think what makes this even cooler than what i originally thought is that because a lot of the graveyard hate is in fact artifacts you could just run them in your main board and not be affected by it oh yeah yeah you can just kind of fetch <laughs> up whatever yeah like oh i'm just gonna play tormont's crypt and graft digger's cage and nihil spellbomb in my main board yeah why not cool awesome. staring bridge also nice uh gets you a piping needle main deck too yeah this is a toolbox deck right so yeah. it's uh it's uh it's kind of cool to see toolbox make a resurgence in modern um what was the last really big toolbox deck that we saw i guess it was the uh the old um war decks that were kind of doing this although they're only down they're down to two copies of war and four copies of urza and four copies of goblin engineer in this new deck mm-hmm. i mean goblin engineer were vengeance basically the same card right yeah basically, basically. <laughs> um uh so i, I would I mean, say is yeah we, we don't have to spend too much time on it i just I, this is a cool deck it's yeah, the it return is. of your boy scrap trawler yeah one scrap yeah. trawler yeah, yeah, yeah 
I also saw the the Dead of Winter in the sideboard, which is pretty cool because they run all the snow covered basics. Yeah, I'm surprised I'm only playing one copy of that. I feel like that's a pretty solid uh, uh, card to be playing with these four Astrolabes and what seven snow basics. Uh, yeah, seven snow basics. Yeah. Yeah, Arkham's Astrolabe has just been everywhere in everything. It's been like taking over Popper. It's been showing up all over the place in Modern. Yeah uh the other the other two decks i guess that i really liked were the infect decks there was a there was like the basic infect deck which i'm just a fan of uh i just like the structure of the deck and how it just kind of combos off with one creature but uh more specifically i like the bant version the cool bant version because it plays giver of runes in Mm -hmm. as a four of to like your what you would traditionally run the apostle blessings which is the one mana and uh white phyrexian mana uh, yeah, I... that does the same thing uh so it was really cool to see that and you get to run path to exile on your sideboard which is <laughs> four fucking geist of saint trapped and four geist of saint trapped just Jeez. in case yeah that's so, a lot of that geist of saint trapped so what you uh you play geist uh on turn three and then turn four you can scale up your geist attack and buff either the uh buff either the angel or the geist uh if if it, whichever one's not being blocked with become events that would just, just sounds insane to me get them <laughs> yeah i would like to to bring us back to reality and um let's let's talk about the i don't see the problem necessarily but it's okay it's it's kind of a problem hug act <laughs> <laughs> but okay go ahead no 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 go so ahead. Let's 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 take a look here. Um, number one, Bridgevine, first place. Oh, what's that? Two Leyline of the Void in your main deck, huh? Weird. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, what what about your uh, your Mardu Jeshel teammate? What's, what's this? Oh, you got uh, you got two Surgicals in the main deck and two Nile Spell Bombs in the main deck. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, even oh even oh, what's, even let's, humans. Let's go further down. Let's go further. Even oh, humans. Oh. Good old homeboy Kalis Aldrazi, right? A deck near and dear to the heart of mine and occasionally John's, I suppose. Um, <laughs> this is a Chalice of the Void deck, right? Screw you, screw your one drops. It's playing a one main deck, Grafdigger's Cage. <laughs> it is Chalice deck. And in the sideboard, there's another cage and a Relic Bajoranus and four Leyline of the Void. Yeah, man, you can really get those Leylines with Serum Powder. Holy crap uh you can fucking find those i i wonder how much power he got out of the serum powder plus like one of the void engine in this tournament i mean his other two teammates were ridgevine decks yeah that were main decking Leyline of the Void. Well, you see, that's how like, you, that's how you beat the the triple Bridgevine pseudo mirror. You see, you get paired against triple Bridgevine. You know, you you your teammates each bounce off. You go one one, and then you're the breaker, and you just have serum powder into Leyline of the Void. Ah, get ya! Kill you with Reality Smasher. No biggie. A fourth place burn player couldn't afford Leyline of the Void, so he's playing four Ravenous Traps. That is Andrew Shrout, and he could definitely afford Leyline of the Voids if he uh, if he thought they were the correct card to play. It was a joke. Oh, okay. Here <laughs> down sixth place team humans player, you know, four Leyline of the Void and a Ravenous Trap because you can't play five Leylines of the Void. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the first place humans player had four Yixlid Jailers on their sideboard. Yep. <laughs> So I mean, there's Eldrazi no, Tron. there is no, 
lack of respect for the GAC. Mono red, mono red Phoenix runs two surgical extractions. Yeah. And, like, and three Swarmon scripts. Bant, Bant Infect for Leyline of the Void. Yep. Gotta do it. Like, oh, what the, the triple Phoenix team. What, what do we got here? Oh, three Ravenous Traps. So, like, as far One, as... a third surgical. As far as, like, competitive play, yes, it is an issue. Is it really an issue at, at, at the local base, though? I mean, it depends. The, pe- the people that picked up the deck have been fucking smacking people with it, that's for sure. It definitely feels a little pay-to-win. Um, yeah, pe- the people that were able to uh, throw money at the deck or already had most of the cards or got in earlier playing it and doing quite well, and everyone else is just kind of like shrugging and waiting for it to get banned, I feel like. Speaking of, what do you guys think? So so in a deck like this, there's there's a lot of different engines going on. What do you think is going to be banned? Or, or if there is a ban, what do you think will be banned? What do you think should be banned? Okay, so should there, be banned or what will be banned? There's should a BNR update next uh, on the eighth, I believe, the Monday after recording this. Yeah, yeah, July eighth. <sighs> a lot of people are pointing the fingers at Faithless Looting because really? if you if you look at this team event, mm-hmm. all how many copies of Hagak and or Phoenix are there? Uh, I can tell you that the top cards are many. 50, 50, <laughs> the top card is Leyline of the Void, fifty-six copies. There's the next, only sixteen copies of Hagak in this in this yeah. top eight. The or next eight. highest card is Faithless Looting with fifty copies. Yeah, the one after that is Stream Visions with thirty-six. Yeah, that's a huge drop. Yep. <laughs> so Bob Huang actually posted on Twitter about this recently. Um, and he was asking whether Faithless Looting has become the Brainstorm of Modern. And by that he means Brainstorm is obviously a card of high enough power level in Legacy that it should be banned. I don't think there's any... Well, I mean, some people will quibble over that. But I think if you look at it from a really like uh, detached perspective, Brainstorm is too powerful compared to the rest of the crap going on in the format. But uh, everyone loves Brainstorm, and it's been a staple of the format for so long that it's not going anywhere. It's like uh, shops and it defines and, and vintage. It it defines the format. It is the it is the yeah it is the face of the format. Um, and so he was asking whether Faithless Looting has become that card in Modern, the card that is clearly a cut above in terms of power level from everything else that's going on. It enables a ton of different you know broken graveyard strategies. But since everyone is playing it, as we can clearly see here with fifty copies in this top eight, um, whether it's okay. So I feel like Faithless Looting isn't to the point where, I, I, in my personal point of view, I don't think Faithless Looting is on the same level as Brainstorm in the sense that, like, so I feel like Brainstorm opens the door for a lot of different decks. Like, a Blue Splash is enough to make Faithless Looting, re- or to make Brainstorm really, really good in your deck. Uh, whereas a Red Splash to add Faithless Looting isn't as impactful nor do i think is the right call right so if you're playing like a like for example i was playing the the teamer deck the teamer deck that i was the the trash teamer list that i was playing uh and adding a faithless looting to that deck didn't make it that much better it was just a filter it wasn't like helping me get to it wasn't advancing my game plan much it was just adding cards 
and taking away cards. And it was like overall just kind of like a meh experience. Like I could be doing something better with my with my one mana. Mm. Okay, let's talk about in terms of saturation though. So we just said that this, you know, this top eight, um, there was 52% of the decks were playing Faithless Living, right? The Legacy Classic uh, at uh, Pittsburgh, so the same same event, they had a Legacy Classic. Top 16, uh, the most played card was Brainstorm at 56.25%. So Brainstorm is ahead by what three and three quarters of percentage points ahead of faithless winning that's not a whole lot what i guess what i mean to say is is let's look at these numbers like two months ago right i mean two months ago it was a completely different format though right so so we can't say that like brainstorm like it's equal to brainstorm when our format changes so frequently right so like you know for for example like two months ago the brainstorm of the format was totally different whereas now faithless looting is the brainstorm of our format Mm. that's an interesting way to look at it i feel like uh i mean so many people were playing phoenix recently too right i want to want to take a look back into the past here if uh uh, goldfish won't let me unfortunately but I, i wonder what the percentage of uh of people playing uh playing faithless ending was you know two months ago at a, at a big event it's i mean probably I pretty think phoenix has been very popular since it's been a deck um since you know before kci went away mm-hmm. mtg goldfish let's look at um oakland uh that was uh oakland gp oakland 2019 uh top cards Oh, this is when uh, KCI was big in the format, unfortunately. So KCI is warping everything. <laughs> right. So, but then it was like Ancient Stirrings was the 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 card that was most played. Interestingly, it was actually Lightning Bolt in seventy five percent of the decks. Very well. With uh, Scalding Tarn in second at thirty seven point five. <laughs> I, I guess like what uh, what was like the card draw engine the be- the most card draw engine played. Oh, card draw engine. I mean, it or was like card, visions, card draw visions. and at thirty seven point five percent as well. Uh, they they had three burn decks in the uh, top sixteen of that mm. event, though. <laughs> so it's a little skewed. See, in my eyes, as like a player who's been playing modern since the beginning of modern, or at least like the pretty early modern, like serum vision in my mind stands out as the brainstorm of modern. Mm, I don't know if Serum Vision's just been played as consistently in as large of numbers as Brainstorm. I think that Modern was was by and large the the Lightning Bolt format. Yeah, yeah, true. Everyone would always talk about creatures and how viable they were based on the fact of whether they could be bolted or not. Mm-hmm. That's why everyone was so hard about like, oh, that's why you see Rexar got so broken because it just survives Lightning Bolt, right? Yeah. Tyrolus Tracker didn't see much play until Fatal Push got printed. Yeah, and so the the printing of Fatal Push actually made all of these stupid three drop multiple creatures better. Because now you just get to push their stupid Tarmogwaves. Mm-hmm. So why play these bolts anymore? Like, Gwaif was so good because it could never be bolted like 99% of the time. So I noticed when Fatal Push was first printed and everyone kind of fell off with their lightning bolts azusa's last i untapped the azusa's way more often yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> but i mean yeah so i guess 
you could, if you're saying like the format changes so often that there's no like the staple the format staple changes mm-hmm. i can kind of see that but let's just say that it's like legacy and that we just kind of let it sit for a very very long time so if we just leave the format to sit for a long time as it is right now is a card going to take over faithless looting spot as being like the card that's kind of defining what the best decks are i don't really think so honestly I think the they've printed so many great graveyard cards in the last even just a year that it's just the thing to be doing. It's the most effective, powerful thing to be doing is kind of rummaging through your graveyard and deriving value that way. And Faithless Sitting is the most efficient card to be playing for that. Because the, the other thing is Brainstorm versus um, Faithless Sitting. They're very... They're, they're different cards. Like, sure, um, Brainstorm is played in more decks than Faithless Sitting. But it's played in all kinds of decks, which is, depending on what you're um, trying to prove, mm-hmm. worse for it in terms of, oh, it should be banned, because everyone plays it. But is, do you think that Brainstorm in the average deck that plays it, is it as good or better than Faithless Looting is in the modern Faithless Looting decks? Oh, that's an interesting question. Because I feel like the lootings are so powerful like a lot of times the brainstorms in legacy half the time are just like finding a land or just trying to make your stupid pile of cards in your hand like a playable deck i feel like so it's interesting you say that because i feel like a lot of the decks with faithful sitting don't work if you don't have faithful sitting but at the same time all those games we were saying that like brainstorm is just oh digging for a land or like filtering like stupid cards in your hand you like probably lose those games if you don't find brainstorm and brainstorm Mm -hmm. (laughs) like those are probably games you lose if you don't find the land but i think the difference is like the 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 strategies of being enabled by face looting are viewed as much more degenerate than strategies people play with brainstorm brainstorm's just good in everything it's just good in fair and unfair decks but I mean, looting is good in fair decks too. I mean, look at Mardu Pyromancer, right? But like, is it still fair in that deck? I mean, that deck is you're like completely unplayable a, without faithless looting. You're like some might advantage. say it's unplayable anyway. You're like taking advantage of like a two card combo essentially, right? You need the you need the Pyromancer and the looting to make it worthwhile. You don't need Pyromancer. You just so, I mean, want I, I may be like you know talking out my ass here because I'm not a I'm not a brainstorm player. I mean, I'm a filthy fucking elves player. What do I know about <laughs> cantrips? But, um, I just, I just feel like the faithless lootings in the looting decks do more, on average, than the brainstorms do in Legacy. So, obviously, so they're very good, to... right? And they're always good, but, like, your brainstorm isn't killing your opponent on turn two or three most of the time. The thing about brainstorm is it's not the the effect it has on deck construction is not as visible as uh, faithful sitting. Like faithful sitting is like oh I'm playing a graveyard deck right like I'm deriving value from the graveyard. Yeah. Brainstorm what it does is not near, it's not necessarily as obvious but what it does is it lets you play less lands in your deck. So you get to play way less lands in your deck when you're playing with brainstorm because you're just able to you know find lands and get rid of extra lands and you just get to be much more efficient with your mana. And it also lets you find your sideboard cards and deploy them much more consistently. 
And I say find and deploy because not only does it find sideboard cards, but it also finds free counter magic to protect the cards on the way down or once they resolve. Um, so I, th I think Brainstorm does have a huge effect on the format, but I don't think it's like kind of slaps you in the face the same way Faithless Ending does. I think it's kind of a more invisible hand over the format as a whole. I, I mean, maybe it is because it's just been there so long, but I don't think that anyone really, your opponent turn one brainstorms and your the opponent just like sighs like oh here we go <laughs> brainstorm yeah yeah it's uh it's just it, but the, like the, you're the... playing against you know the gak and they're just like uh turn one faithless looting a discard a blood ghast a gak you're just like god damn it yeah all the all the magic of brainstorm is being done in the hand where your opponent can't see it right so like brainstorm is doing some fucking disgusting stuff behind the scenes but you the opponent never really sees it like your opponent keeps like a hand with like three or four lands in the brainstorm and they like brainstorm away the extra lands and just draw like straight gas and like they crush you because of it but you don't see that right like you don't see the cards that went back on top that were like complete dog shit that would have like done nothing that game um whereas like the hagak draw you like see the cards moving in and out of the graveyard and killing you whereas everything is in the hand with brainstorm so it doesn't feel as bad i don't know um but i mean faith looting being a card disadvantage card right yeah it from it, it's like it promotes the more degenerate strategies right because if you're playing a fair attack you don't want to be going down on cards much like how people will you know say oh you should you know board out some number of force of wills in the fair matchup yeah 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 i think we're i think we're like way way out, out off the beaten path on this one on brainstorm versus faithless living but i think it's pretty safe to assume that they're both having a very large effect on their respective formats so but. so before we move on i just want to make a quick note i've been uh just kind of poking around trying to see what what cards really have been standing out as like dominant cards in a format in our format right or or in in modern so i took a look through this past year this past this all of 2019 we can see that uh faithless looting has been in the top five of every uh open that i've looked at so and that's either due to an influx number of is it phoenix or an influx number of dredge decks uh, those two decks were like heavily rely on the card, and those two decks were just dominating this whole year up until Bridgevine came out, which it, it's still in that deck, so it's still dominating. And it was um, a it was a huge engine in um, the Hollow One deck before that. Too. Uh, that too, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then look, taking a look, uh, so taking a look at like September. No, this is uh, da, 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 da. so we're taking a look at December of 2018 uh the top card is lightning bolt at 40 percent and nature's claim uh noble hierarchy nature stirring dismember path faith is looting at seven so we see it 25 copies with uh 21.8 percent of decks using it and then we go down to october and faith is looting is number six with 20 copies and 15 percent uh, with all the other cards mentioned before, pretty pretty similar in their in their hierarchy, uh, and then just moving one more month down because I don't want to get too far into the weeds here. Uh, moving one far one month further into open SCG open Syracuse, we see um, 
Okay, so here we don't have Faithless Looting at all in the top 10. We see Bold, Path, Hierarch, Guide, Swift Spear, Eidolon, Boros Charm. I wonder what deck was the most popular. <laughs> a lot of burn, it sounds <laughs> like. Yeah. So it's like, so maybe maybe it is one of the top, one of the more, uh, maybe it, it probably is like right in that top 20 slot. Just if we take out this burn data that apparently everybody was playing 36 copies of burn here um jesus that's a lot of burn yeah but like the format has changed in this last year too right there have been mm-hmm. a lot of new cards printed like we've just had a, a crazy influx of of powerful cards in the last you know with uh, war of the spark and modern horizons and even dominaria and you know we've just seen a lot of new cards come into the format um we've you know we've got karn we've got these new blue white planeswalkers um we've got Hagak, obviously things are just not the same as they were before yeah but the decks that really strike me as like powerhouse decks in the format are Hagak, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then we have these these Phoenix decks. Uh and these Phoenix decks, like, they just can't be a thing without Faithless Looting. Like they just they just cease to exist, right? Like Yeah. There's... I mean, look at the mono red Phoenix list. Literally the only way to get your stupid Phoenixes in the yard was the four copies of Faithless Looting. Yeah. Or you I, just draw to eight cards and pass a turn. I think some people have been experimenting with uh, Season Pyromancer as uh, as another outlet that also you know lets you grind, which is kind of interesting. But um, but yeah, so the question is like, you know, we've been talking about how good Faithless Looting is, but do we really think Faithless Looting is is actually a card that they're going to ban? Because I I don't think it is. I don't think this is a card that they're realistically going to ban because it is in so many of these different decks. And it's kind of like how Ancient Stirrings, people have been talking about for a while about how powerful of a card Ancient Stirrings is, but it enables all these different archetypes that really couldn't, you know, be viable without it. So I guess looting is, is kind of like Stirrings a little bit in the sense it's a you kind of have to build your strategy around playing this card. Like, you don't just throw Ancient Stirrings in your random deck to find basic lands. Like, that doesn't make any sense. So the same thing, you don't just toss Faithless Looting in whatever deck you're playing that has red in it. Yeah, it's not that good. I think the problem with phases looting is that it it enables these really busted decks like Hagak, but it also enables a lot of sweet stuff. Yeah, like decks that are trying to get incidental value out of the graveyard, like the Mario Primancer decks, or even you know whatever brews people are trying to play with you know like if if I were you know trying to build the Loam deck or whatever, playing four copies of phases looting. Yeah, and like would a Loam strategy be like remotely viable without faithless suiting like i don't think so yeah i think i think the big tell here is there's just as many fair decks playing it as unfair decks right uh maybe not just as many yeah i, mean, I wouldn't say it's know, equal no. but a lot but there's a lot of like interesting design space you can do with your deck construction around faith suiting and incidental value. yeah whereas and, whereas like the other cards in the deck but see, okay, so so here's I guess here's like the other question is like, are this card is obviously driving the the plan on is it and or on Phoenix and on on uh, Hogak Bridgevine whatever, and even just traditional dredge as well, right? Yeah. So like, is maybe it is something that we consider banning because it's driving the two main like decks in the format, right? So it's like. It's do, these two overpowering decks. Do we think Phoenix needs to be taken down a notch, though? I guess is the big question. I mean, it could be. We, I, in my personal opinion, I don't have enough data to say that it does because any time that it is getting near the top, we just 
the format just flips on its head and tries to figure something else as something else out i guess wizards loves going back to talking about competitive diversity no they just love talking about banning splinter twin no no they they always like talking about like in the interest of competitive diversity this or that Mm -hmm. and if that's the case looking at this team open why like what blue red deck are you playing that isn't is it phoenix right uh you're playing grixis yeah like yeah the only reason why this is called a grixis deck is because technically thopter foundry is a black card <laughs> and what uh tezzard agent of bulls in your sideboard along with a dead of winter yeah like, so you said what blue red deck <laughs> do we do we have to look at meta shares of Griggs Urza versus Is it Phoenix? Oh yeah, obviously. But the thing is, is like these Is it Phoenix decks are very like obviously like meta share, but like they're very beatable too, right? Like if you want to beat Phoenix, it's not very hard to like build your deck in a way that stomps on Phoenix. But does that mean just putting four pieces of Leyline of the Void in your graveyard? Well, it's not just Leyline of the Void. You, you, just, you want to play like stuff like Surgical Extraction, right? Sure. Or like, because you have to have ways to deal with the, the thing in the Ice Plan, which is how they, they get you. But like, the deck is not as resilient as something like Hagak is. And I, so I, I guess the thing is like, if we're talking about diversity, I want to play a Faithless Looting deck. You know, I want to play my stupid Life of the Loam deck. I want to play a looting deck. But if I want to go win a tournament, why would I play a looting deck that isn't Hagak or Phoenix? Yeah. You play Blue White. No, but that's not a looting deck, right? No, no, yeah. So, like, if if I'm in the market to play a looting deck... Why aren't you just playing is there the an, Is there a, really an argument that I could make to not play one of those two decks? I mean, we if there is, we haven't found it yet. I mean, for most color pairings, there's going to be a best deck, right? Like... No one's complaining about the fact that, like, Jund had a stranglehold on the Jund. I mean, it was it had such a stranglehold on that combination of colors, it just was the deck. Like, the name of the wedge was I mean, yeah, okay, the deck. Okay. Like, like, no one complains about blue-white midrange not being as popular as blue-white control. Yeah, so, like, I don't know if that's really a problem. Like, in any, like, you know, color or, like, uh, like sectional colors, there's going to be a best deck. And so, like, I don't think, like, Phoenix being the blessed blue-red deck is really an issue. Because, like, yes, you could ban blue red phoenix so that it's like not the best blue red deck but then there'll just be another best blue red deck it'll be blue red moon like you know what i mean like you ban looting or phoenix or whatever people are just going to play thick on the ice moon decks and those will be the de facto best blue red deck until you know everyone realizes swans is way better but whatever uh (laughs) you're not wrong um so like i don't know if that's like they've always talked about competitive diversity but then they realized like over time that like keeping cards like out of play for competitive diversity reasons doesn't actually work right like that's why they took nicotl off the list like oh you know nicotl is like holding down all these other you know great green stompy creatures but like no one was playing them because they weren't good enough to you know combat the other decks like yes there was a few other different options diverse you know air quote diverse you know green stompy decks but no one played them because they were bad and so like if like you know knocking phoenix off its perch means that you know there's more options for blue red decks but if none of them are playable and competitive at the top levels it doesn't change anything it just you just banned a deck and nothing takes its place i don't know accurate no you're totally right 100 percent. so I, I 
Okay, so say say they ban Ridge from Below. That was what I. So that's right. That's, that's, that's my. So, I, that's so we, we ban Ridge yep. from Below. We we take Bridgevine out of the equation, and then nothing comes to replace it. Is this a problem? No, Dredge does though. Like, just Dredge replaces it. Yeah, it just and Dredge is already deck. Dredge is already pretty good. Like Dredge was like doing fairly well for itself, especially when no one was playing this much Grave Hate, right? Like, yeah. dear God. Um. But like. <sighs> But okay, so it's like but the problem is you're saying, oh, if we just ban blue, you know, blue red phoenix, then the next best blue red decks would come up, and who cares, right? Because oh, we just ban Ridgevine, and then the next, the dredges goes back, and who cares? But what he, no, what he was saying is that the if you ban the best blue red deck, there isn't already another blue red deck that is good enough to be at a competitive level. Whereas if we do ban Bridge from Below. There already is, before this card was printed, before Hagak was printed, there was already a really good graveyard deck, and it was called Dredge. Well, the other you thing... You know, you're, you're saying that as if uh, Blue Red Swans is not a competitive, viable <laughs> deck. The, the other thing here, which was not... That's not quite what I was going for, but it is it is true. But what I was really angling at here is, if you ban looting to take Hagak and, and Phoenix down a notch you're taking it out of all these other decks that want to play it, right? And you're taking it off the table completely. Um, but if you ban Bridge from Below, it's, there's one deck really playing the card, aside from, like, weird fringe brews. Um, you're you're knocking down specifically Bridgevine, which is, like, I think we can agree the problem deck, right? Yeah. Like, people were not playing this much Grave Hate because of Phoenix. Correct, like, correct. You are, no, you're absolutely right. Not even close. And well, I will say it is insane to see Phoenix performing as well as it is, despite everyone bringing all these freaking ley lines. It's not a Phoenix it deck, it though. Yeah, it just doesn't need... It's it a thing in the ice deck. Like, that's the thing that... Like, thing in the ice is how you're winning a lot of your games. Like, like the Phoenix is good, but, like, you win a ton of games just being, like, a thing in the ice, like, Pyromancer's Ascension deck, or a thing in the ice, like, area of flame deck. When like, thing in the ice is the really busted card in that deck. Yeah, when your opponent goes, like, turn zero bridge... uh Turn zero uh, ley line of the void, you're just like... Okay, turn two, here's my big dude. Go. Next yeah. turn, I'm gonna pay play four spells and flip it and hit you for a bunch. Do you have an no. answer? No? Okay, you're dead. Like, I think Thing in the Ice is really the card that really makes that deck tick. Like people have been playing mono red, but that's like an aggro deck with Phoenix kind of like, you know, pitching in to help out. But like the blue red versions, it's Thing in the Ice is the card doing much of the heavy lifting. Like it's, I think, single-handedly why these like bad blue-red moon decks are even like a thing also, you see Phoenix popping is, up in Phoenix five is only a four of. Everything, what? everything in Hogak comes back. Huh. Sorry, I don't follow you on that one. Like, like people weren't running this much grave hate because because Phoenix is only four four. Oh, cards, I see what you mean. Four I see what you in mean. a deck. You're only hitting the Phoenixes, whereas in Hagak, the Grave Hate hits most of the deck. It's it's everything. It hits all the creatures. Yeah. I don't know. I think my money is definitely on a Bridge from Below ban, if they ban anything. Um, it's either that it's so either that, or the... Um, altar. The, the Altar, yeah. But they just printed I Altar, don't, so. I don't think they're going to ban anything that was printed in Modern I, No, exactly. I exactly, agree. yeah. Yeah. For sure. That Although they bad. did it for the first modern set. Which one? They did it for the first modern set, didn't they? They banned... Uh... What? The first only modern legal set? What? No, no, no I'm sorry. The the first modern master set. They banned a card right after they printed it. You mean Splinter Twin? No. no. <laughs> 
Uh, the I mean, they did. Because they did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the card that brought back creatures with a flashback. Sacrifice three creatures, flashback. Oh, it's oh, a Dread br- Return? Yeah, yeah dread, dread Return. return. Yeah. Dread Return was... was that was, I think that was already banned. Yeah, Dread was Return it? was and banned they... at the start of the format, I think. Yeah. Was it? Why? My... Dread Return was literally never a thing in Long That card is fucking insane. They knew better than that one, at least. I'm, I'm on shrooms, apparently. I don't know. That card is if, terrifying. Like, <laughs> if we had Dread Return in the format, then we wouldn't have Bridge from Below. Yeah. Oh god! Wait, hold on one second. You definitely can't have both of those. Holy I don't shit. know what I was thinking of. All right, Holy never mind. Shit. My bad. <laughs> Holy crap! Yeah, those cards are berserk together. Like they're yep. just yep, yep, yep. really, really gross. Yep, my bad. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I agree. I think if they ban anything, it would probably be bitch from below. However, I also can see them going the route of well. You know, it's a pretty new deck. We don't know how the format's going to react to it yet. Poorly. And we're reprinting Leyline in the Void. Eh, we'll give you guys three more months to figure it out. Ugh. That would be the worst. Legacy and we'll just I have come. three months of because... getting, you know, like, slapped in the face with the the Hagak dick. Because... And <laughs> just, like, can... Because like, I'm not like, having fun anymore. We would literally have like another. I think I feel like we would have like another Eldrazi Winter situation. Well, that was on. fast. That was over pretty fast, wasn't it? Right. There was three months of Eldrazi. The turnaround on that was like pretty quick. Right, but it was like it because they, they didn't have this little tiny window where they were like, okay, how powerful is are these cards? They was just like, here's the set. The next set we're gonna ban something. This we had a small window here where they release a set and then there was a banning. There's a small month window where they can analyze and be like, ah, oh, yes, this is broken. We must fix. Although I would say that um, I don't think that this is quite to the extent that Eldrazi Winter was. Maybe not. No, not maybe not at all. Not but at maybe, all. Not even close. Like, but maybe Eldrazi the fact- Winter was bad. But maybe the fact that we that there is this banning coming up, people have been hesitant to buy into this deck, right? Oh yeah, I've definitely heard that. There's a lot of people that are like not willing to buy into it. So what happens if next Monday comes and they don't ban this deck? Oh, uh, Hogak is gonna be real fucking expensive. Well, then it's just gonna be everywhere, just like just like the Adrazi Winter was. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna play Legacy if that happens. Not gonna lie, like. <laughs> Um, no, you just play four Leyline of the Void. Four. I just it's four just not. Traps. It doesn't even. It doesn't even feel like magic at that point. It feels like you're playing like fucking blackjack or something. I don't know. Although John, I will say, um, Good Escape has always been really, really bad at like playing good decks. <laughs> it's true. So during Eldrazi Winter, I played modern all throughout Eldrazi Winter and Good Escape, and no one played Eldrazi. <laughs> Nobody. Yeah, yeah. Everyone just wants to play blue white man. And I don't think it was because like they couldn't afford it. They just wanted to play their worse own but sweet garbage. God, people love garbage at Great Escape. Like, oh yeah, let me get that three color. Oh no, no, four color, four color value pile. Get in here, yeah. Man, people play some fucking trash, and I love it. Like, I mean, recent, I'm playing fucking. The worst offender. Been... Yeah, so the recent streak of blue white's probably been like the longest streak of a lot of people playing not shit. Uh, I mean, the other rest, the rest of the room is still playing shit. But I mean, I'm saying like, hey, Great Escape, we love you. Oh, it's I just, great. I just want to point you. It's I the best. It, it's it's so much more fun to play though. Like, absolutely, it's like the best store to play in ever. But 
yeah. I'm trying to think if there's ever been like a run. We had a lot of like uh, humans players for a bit, didn't we? Or like no, we had like three at most. We have more amulet players than that some nights. Oh yeah, it's true. <laughs> we have more mill players than that some nights. Like that's it. That's that's the deck. It's mill. Oh my god. Greatest Anarian is mill. Just hates the tier place. one decks. Yeah, it's true. Miss me with that competitive shit. No, and you know what? I just, <laughs> speaking of like the like the tier level of store, like I just feel like everybody's just tired of playing the same stuff. So they just well, yeah, play well, the, fun shit. The thing is, is if you bring a tier deck in like four or whatever, the next week everyone brings so much sideboard hate for your deck. <laughs> like or just changes decks into something that fucking dunks on you. <laughs> like everyone there has like like a bandolier of just shit terrible but sweet ass decks and they're like ah yes someone's playing i don't know blue white tonight i will play dredge <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, ah yes all the amulet in the world like, oh, oh let me bring in these blood moons yeah oh like a bunch of amulet in uh control decks misvirgorb get in my deck yeah like oh man yeah the meta overcorrects real hard like yeah oh yeah people People, I've seen people, they show up with, like, their tier deck, and then, like, a couple weeks later, they're, like, playing garbage like everyone else. They just get, like, absorbed. <laughs> just get shit beat out of them. Yeah. Just, like, they give up. Like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna play very, this sweet-ass pile. Very excited to play at FNM at Great Escape this Great Escape is, like, permeating mass. Like, you wanna the play meta. Storm at Great Escape? Good luck. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. And people hate Storm. Yeah, they really do, actually. Like yeah, people really yeah. I, if I if I have to say like the 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 deck I've heard mo- heard most people complaining about between rounds is like oh that fucking asshole over there is playing Storm, fuck that guy. Next week I'm bringing my four Grafdiggers cages or whatever. Like oh my god. And now that Buster Storm is legal, don't <laughs> don't try it. Don't come to school tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I think Tron is like up there too oh yeah people like hate trying high on the the shit list at great escape yeah well because everyone wants to play their mid-range greed piles right and like yeah. tron just like stomps that shit yeah. anyway so everyone shows tron, if tron speaking, then i don't play any of the next week because there's like three pawns of players of... yeah everyone at great escape has like a break in case of emergency box with like a place of blood <laughs> moons inside of it and it's like get those blood moons out boys <laughs> that's that's a good image that's a that's a pretty funny image uh speaking of local heroes uh let's move on to our next topic oh yeah yeah uh mf dallas motherfucking i mean uh magic fest dallas happened last weekend as well uh this (laughs) team sg event was not the only uh competitive event uh this one's probably actually a little bit more um uh, representative since it is a non-team event but john i have a question yeah i don't know if you know the answer because you were camping but steven might and i think i know the answer but uh, I hope I'm wrong. Was there stream coverage of this event? Uh, yes. I don't believe there, there was. was a lot of. Was there? Yeah, there was. Because oh, uh, uh, our our boy we're about to talk about got his uh, on air uh, deck uh, whatever the heck you call it uh, deck, 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 deck 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 and they spoiled uh, that soul ring reprint. <laughs> With uh, the the With a bad six back. six colored <laughs> six colored magic card back that they pulled off Google because they're incompetent. Uh, <laughs> Google it if you don't know what we're talking about. It's add a boy CFP. It's sad, um, but yeah, <laughs> it had coverage, so uh, you can you can watch the Hagax fly if you are so inclined. 
Daniel Wong taking taking his spotlight with uh, his quad sleeved taking turns deck. Uh, local local Californians can can attest to how awesome that looks in person. Yeah, he's on full on blue red now. I think he's been on blue red for a little bit now, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you played blue red at the RPTQ as well. He's got that uh, Temple of Epiphany in his, <laughs> his deck. What does, what else is the red for? Uh, Lightning Bolt. It's like basically just Lightning Bolt. Oh, uh, and Cyborg cards. He plays a Braden Anger of the Anger, Gods. Anger, yeah, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> um, I guess that I guess that makes sense. It's pretty free, right? Like, yeah. Also, it insulates him very well against Choke. <laughs> yeah. With his uh, four Sulfur Falls and Temple of Epiphany. <laughs> uh, so let's take a look at this uh, poorly, poorly found top eight list. Yeah, it's a it's a Twitter thread from CFB. Thanks, thanks, boys. Really, an article? You can't. You're literally a website that writes articles. You can't just maybe it make exists an, make an article. They're definitely not easy to find if it does exist. I, I tried doing some Googling. I couldn't couldn't find it. All right. So we got no specific order here because who knows? We got Tom Rass. Rass? Uh, I believe you white, blue white one. Yes. That's all I know. Blue white one. Blue white one. Um, we've got uh, Tom Ross on Hugak. Uh, I see very small uh, four Leyland of the Voids if I squint in his sideboard. <laughs> uh, we've got Christopher Homan on uh, humans with, uh, yep, four Leyland of the Voids on the sideboard. And uh, three chalices. Yep. Daniel Wong on taking turns. Uh, Justin Porches? Por- 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 I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm so bad at last names. This is a terrible idea. On uh, Grixis Thopter's sword. Uh, we've got Anthony Petropoulos. It's uh, on blue-white control. I think he was the winner, right? Possibly. Uh, yes. No, there's there's two blue white players. There's I'm two, not sure. Which, I don't know. Anyways, we got a, a blue white player uh, with four rest in pieces. I think, I think Austin won actually. Uh, four four rest in pieces in the board. Yeet. Uh, Samuel Cook on Eldrazi Tron, um, with what looks like fifteen less than fifteen cards listed in his sideboard for some reason. I'm not. not wait, sure wait, what? Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's a ten no, card you're right. sideboard. That's why I'm confused. I assume that's a mistake. Yeah. Um. Uh, Paul Collier on uh, Hagak and uh, Austin Bersovich on Blue White. So, um, yeah. More Blue White here. Um, Blue White is definitely a very powerful deck with these new Planeswalker additions. Um, Doesn't seem like it got a whole lot out of Modern Horizons, but it got some serious love in War of the Spark and in... um, uh, Dominaria, so you know, doesn't need any uh, any new tools to keep on crushing. I, I, I would say that Force of Negation is probably a pretty big. That's um, true. That's true. Force of Negation is is uh, is pretty solid. They're not playing a ton of copies, but uh, it does it does have uh, a role to play. Um, I do want to note that I think I feel like I was right when I said that I think you just run Snow Covered Basics now. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty free. It's like um, free like free mind games kind of yeah yeah it's it's free real estate <laughs> whereas like it like now looking looking at the two blue white control lists one is running snow basics the other one is not but i'm like that could have been a bluff or something right you could have like easily just used them and that would have been haha i'm going to get you gotta play around on thin ice you know yeah exactly <laughs> 
get you with those uh, anti-snow cards. I know I can't remember what it's called, but I know there's like some anti-snow cards out there. <laughs> I have to look them up sometime and see, but there's definitely some like stuff hating on, hating on the snow. snow Oddly enough, snow not falling glaciers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we uh, did we we didn't talk about the breakdown for day two yet for uh, for the GP right or the no. the MF I should say uh, Hagak taking a big fucking slice of the pie here. Um, if you were at a party and someone took this big of a piece of pie, uh, you would be quite angry. Uh, Hagak at eighteen point six percent, and let me tell you that's a big chunk of pie. Uh, humans in second at seven point three percent, shared with Phoenix also at seven point three. Mono red prowess at six point yeah, so eight. I just really quick. Hagak is over twice as popular as the next most played deck. Yeah, humans tied here with uh, Phoenix, unlike the uh, the team open where uh, humans I think put uh, only one or two copies into the top eight, and uh, Izzet had quite a few. Um, we got Burn at five point five, Eldrazi Tron at five point five, Blue White at five point five, and then a whole litany of other decks down from there in diminishing slices of pie. Um, so I think the picture here is that Hagak is huge. Not only did it have this eighteen point six percent conversion rate, it actually increased in share from day two. Over yeah, day, day one, one was eleven percent. Yeah, so it grew. Uh, three, its heart grew three sizes that day, just like the Grinch. And uh, just like the Grinch, everyone hates Hagak. Um, New nickname for Hagak. Grinch. The Grinch. Deal. Mono, Done. Mono Grinch deck. Mono Grinch deck. Um, maybe after it, uh, it gets a banning, its uh, its heart will grow three sizes and everyone will like it again. Uh, it'll give toys back to the format. I don't know. <laughs> this metaphor has been very stretched at this point. <laughs> much like my patience for Hagak. Um, yeah, it's it's absurd. It's huge. Um we've seen just like hagak <laughs> we've seen numbers like this before um but not in the face of such dedicated sideboard hate and preparation for the deck um i i, I try to what, think that's what gets me right like everyone came prepared to beat this deck and this deck still put up 18 percent on day two 18.6 people, people were playing four copies of Leyline of the Void. And I'm sure a lot of those matchups are stuck in day one and this deck just pushed to day two. Yeah, it's just uh it its backup beatdown plan is pretty solid. Like it's pretty solid. And the thing is is if you don't mold your eight cards, you're probably gonna lose. But even so. if you do, you're probably gonna lose. Yeah, I mean, you're just too far behind. I mean, the, you, you're you playing the, so many hate cards on the hope that you can keep a reasonable hand that also happens to have the hate and um, that you get to deploy it, much like my experience playing Blue Red Phoenix against Hagak. I died with two traps in hand that I never got to deploy, even though I had windows where it would have been great if it was turned on, but it wasn't, uh, since my opponent played quite uh, deftly around it. He knew that trap was an issue since he turned off surgical with the silent gravestone and um yeah it just they just do it they do the thing the deck is very well built to do the thing and it does the thing man nuts yeah it's gross <laughs> um i'd be very surprised if it doesn't see uh, a card taken out of it in this uh ban list on monday and the only reason i could see them not doing it is with a heavy caveat that they are going to wait a bit longer but with a very firm eye on the deck and 
if for some surprising reason it does not have something taken away from it on Monday, uh, it almost assuredly will in the next BNR update. I almost want to say, and this might this will be the last thing I say about it. If they were to just say we're gonna wait one more week, I'd be okay with that. That'd be one fine. Week off be, schedule to, to just like to just get a little more data, right? Like making a decision like this shouldn't be taken lightly. Like we shouldn't just ban stuff at the whim of like the modern the so, modern format like bending but we should like take a little bit of time right they have they ha- see i don't think they need to take more time and, and here's the reason why they got that moto data that we don't oh. have yeah i guess so and that's six, six. my guess is that moto data is fucking disgusting <laughs> like like 30 plus percent is all hagak like we can't really see it because we only see one, you know, one or two copies of a GAC in the deck dumps, depending on how divergent they are. Um, but Watsi sees it all, and I gotta imagine the numbers are really gross. Because <laughs> judging by the other decks that are 5 owing, a lot of people seem to be taking the course of action of just pretending that a GAC doesn't exist. <laughs> um, a lot of these decks do not look like they have a chance in hell of beating a GAC, and so my guess is they're just hoping to dodge it. And if that's the case, Hagak has got to be cleaning fucking house. Because it's already doing great at these GPs where people are coming, you know, packed to the gills of hate. And if people are honestly just giving up the matchup online, and like these are your, you know, your 5 0, your winning decks that are choosing to do it, it's got to be just running roughshod over everybody. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. I'd be really shocked if nothing happens on, on Monday. But Watsy doesn't always like moving quickly on stuff, so there is... I, I wouldn't be completely surprised, I guess, if they declined to take action. But... <laughs> Not surprised, just disappointed. Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I think that kind of wraps up our our look at modern and like we said last time, it's Hagax format and we're just playing in it for now. But there is a lot of cool stuff going on still the deck dumps have been really sweet the people that are 5-0ing with non you know non-standard decks are doing cool things the meta is um in flux and uh i think our slot of the week slash deck on a deck of the week that we're going to talk about coming up here really illustrates that because uh we got what looks like three fucking piles Chris, why don't you uh, why don't you start us off with your your pile? Is it, it literally just says rug pile here? Oh man, I don't actually remember where that list originated from. Um, I found someone it. Someone was playing it in the SCG event or something. I don't know. It, uh, someone posted it in a chat I'm in in Facebook, and I think I linked it into our chat. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it is a it is a rug pile, and it's kind of looks like a rug super friends deck. It has like two copies of uh Renin Six, two copies of like Jace the Mind Sculptor, <laughs> three copies of oh no, sorry, only two copies of Narset, Carter of the Fails, just two copies of Karn the Great Creator. Yeah. Rug rug walkers. Um, four Chows of the Void. Four time wave, two tiles tracker, one Vinulin click, and some smattering of random spells. Just one abrade, all you need. 
uh, four growth spiral, two remand, two force negation, three cryptic command, one magmatic sinkhole, and then a pyroplasm and two anger of the gods. I forgot it was playing growth spiral. <laughs> uh, I thought you had sworn that card off after we played it in Bant Pokemon, but here you come crawling back for more. As he the, does. the card is also played in uh, Soul High Reclamation. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, I've been meaning to play Bant Reclamation, um, but I just haven't gotten around to putting a list together that look like dog shit. <laughs> Good luck. And there's 25 lands in this deck because if your random six is like gas. And then for your two Karns, so you don't have to devote too much of your sideboard to the Karn plan because you only have two Karns. But uh, you got a Tormod's Crypt, a Spyglass, a Topra Orb, and. You know, a Teferi's puzzle box. No, uh, Mycosynthetis? And of course, there's a Lattice in there. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, wow. Yeah, okay. Forgone conclusion, my bad. Uh <laughs> puzzle box to combo with your Narset just in case they can kill your Karn Lattice. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Get you. Oh, yeah, and four Leyland of the Void because. You know. <laughs> so, what are you gonna take out for the Leyland of the Void to put it in for the Great Escape meta? Um, hmm. Well, considering some people were playing like uh some guy was playing John last week, maybe he uh, would like to play against a worm coil engine. <laughs> you're the you're the fucking worst. <laughs> Holy shit. Worm coil Burn's engine. also been popular, yeah. so Whew. maybe some I don't know, life goes on. Seems sweet. Oh my god, you're a monster. Wow. Pulse of Marasa? Oh, that seems sick. Yeah, too. Pulse is good against if you want to beat Burn and John, Pulse of Marasa is uh, your card right there. Because I guess life goes on is pretty bad in my chalice deck. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, you should play Weather the Storm. Ooh. Ooh, baby. <laughs> Bailoff seems good against both of those decks. Oh, God, as well. yeah. Bailoff is great. Oh, man. All right, Steven, uh, what are you going to be playing? So, much, much like my friend Chris over here, uh, I would also like to play something with uh, those colors. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're just laying out the rug this week, We're laying it all out. Uh, so, so I'm, I'm torn between a couple decks. Uh, they all have teamer in the name, uh, <laughs> but the one that catches my eye more. So, so I told you about this really bad teamer list that I played. Uh, Which one? The, the teamer, <laughs> teamer twin list. Oh God. Um, twin list so, twin. You mean twin list twin? Snow tarmo twin list twin? Snow, <laughs> snow tarmo twin list twin? <laughs> Yeah, um, that one. With three fucking hornet nests. Hey, it combos with Scred. What's wrong with you? We're playing two in our swan list. It that's combos. Like, oh my god. It combos. You make, you make ten, ten angry bees. It's like the, the freaking... No, see, you just like Kiki make a copy of your hornet nest and block their creature. Ah, ah you still have so a nest. Ah. I actually did that when I, I Scredded my copy once. It was It felt fantastic. Wow. I lost very shortly after that, but it felt fantastic. <laughs> what did you lose to? Uh, not creatures not creatures no it was a combo deck uh so so i'm leaning towards this uh this teamer mid-range deck that's on the uh the magic mod the modern meta breakdown for mtg goldfish uh it's running a smattering of teamer creatures and then a smattering of teamer spells including surgical extraction the most teamer card of all duh uh this is from the premiere event uh this is from no this is from the looks like an iq in buffalo oh i see uh it's running uh 
two Ice Fang Kotals, four snaps. Oh, uh, yes. Here's four the gorps, two, two Hunmaster of the Fells. Oh, two baby. Nimble Obstructionists, two Tireless Trackers, two Huntmasters, a Flame Slash, Bolts, Visions, two Snares, two Leaks, two Remains. Steven, this two looks like Pulse a deck. Marasa? This looks this looks like a deck that I played at GPLA in 2016. I was there. I know. Yeah. The deck has gotten significantly worse since 2016. <laughs> Just hey a John, up. You leave me alone. <laughs> Hotmaster of the Fells. That's an expensive boyo these days, let me tell you. There's two of those in the sideboard of my deck. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Man, you guys have been hurt before, and I hope you're ready to get hurt again. So the other the other deck that I'm that I'm considering is as a super friends list, uh, very similar to the one you were talking about, Chris. Uh, the only difference, I think, this one runs three creatures on top of the super friends. On the bright side, yeah, Tarn with Tracker and Vendillion Click. No, these are just trackers and Vendillion Clicks. <laughs> well, you're only going to be out ten dollars once you uh, lose your league, and then you can try the other deck. Yep. <laughs> clap, clap, clap. Done. <laughs> Uh, but uh, that's uh, that's 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 what I'm doing. Oh, actually, I'm I'm also probably play Affinity at some point as well. There you go. Because because I I need to do something productive with my life. So have you considered? Uh, I'm gonna open your eyes here to something you probably had not considered. Teamer Affinity? Why, no. yes, I have, John. No. Did you realize that you can actually build almost every single vintage deck with your uh, current plan that you have? That's cool, I guess. I mean, you could play uh, I mean, the top. De- <laughs> the top deck in the format right now is uh, Dreadhorde Control. Oh, I'd only if I if I were to play Vintage, I think I'd only want to play Shops. Oh, fucking degenerate! <laughs> I mean, I mean, it plays Arcbone Ravager. What Says do you want me to do? Vintage Dredge player. Yeah. <laughs> it plays. It plays Ravager. Bizarre. I don't know what you want me to do with my life here. Oh man, yeah. God, what's the two hundred thirty-one dollars for for Ravager shops? Yeah, it's it's mm. just, they're cheap, man. Like you can you can play so vintage. Yummy. You can play vintage really cheap if you got one of these plans. And then you look at the paper, and it's like seven thousand dollars for a lotus. Oh god, guys, they're playing Hagak in vintage. Yes. <laughs> oh no, that's where I want to see it. That's where I want to see it. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> this deck has four Leyland of the Voids and four Force of Vigors main deck. That's disgusting. Yeah, get wrecked. Get that's, wrecked. That's really gross. Wow. Oh man, Force of Vigor, all your jewelry. Mm-hmm. Oh, anyway, man. John, what are what do you have to play? What are you playing? Uh, I'm gonna play the Esper Mentor deck that I'm sure people who are paying attention to modern have seen. Uh, it's an unearth. Uh, Jace VP Stabcaster. Yada yada yada. You know all the all the same crap I always like type deck um unearth is super cool with these like really powerful three drops that are um uh kind of underplayed in modern so uh i'm excited to uh have a turn that goes you know something like uh i don't know thought scour myself on turn one turn two unearth my monastery mentor cast a serum visions cast a mishra's bobble uh i've got three bodies that have prowess in play i don't know seems pretty fucking good to me <laughs> so uh yeah i'm hoping to do that this friday i really want to see mentor in a deck well this is the deck 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited to to be able to witness this in person. Because... Are you gonna be, you're gonna be here this Friday? You said? Yeah, this Friday. Wow. Yeah. Oh my god. Exciting How exciting! Oh my god. <laughs> I'll so, hand, I'm, I'm gonna give people some free stuff. Oh sweet! You got some yeah. swag. I got some 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 conflict swag. Okay, well, if you play Great Escape and you listen to the cast, uh, keep your eyes out for some swag this Friday. And also, uh, I had uh, some people asking, keep your eyes out for some uh, some t-shirt info, hopefully in the next episode. Um, we're going to be getting that up finally now that I'm uh, back from camping. I have some free time to uh, get those shirts up. So hopefully by the next episode, uh, we'll have that available. And uh, I think the prices should be pretty low. So if you want to rep, uh, look forward to that. Um, you could also with- rep by signing up on patreon That's all yeah I'm you could sign up for the patreon um it's uh we've got a nice little group of people um just a they, dollar just a dollar just one just one, one, dollar. one dollar we're also just very lonely so <laughs> please very... come yeah please talk to us, please talk to us. <laughs> uh keeps the existential dread at bay when i can talk about magic so uh help me out it's but good also for my but also for my you, mental health. You get to help us brew these really bad decks every once oh, in a yeah. while. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is it is a collaborative activity. <laughs> um eyebrow raising, I'm sure, for most of the people that just don't comment but watch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, I think that about wraps us up. Thank you for checking us out and sticking around to the very end. If you're wondering where you can find more of our content, you can head on over to mtgconflux.com. Like we were just saying, you can support us and join the MTG Conflux community at patreon.com slash mtgconflux. Also, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube under the same name. If you have any suggestions or comments you'd like us to read, please feel free to shoot us a message on one of those platforms. Again, we really do appreciate you sticking around, and we hope you'll join us in the next one. Later. Later.